Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here, and welcome to my Show Me the Science podcast. Now, there I was, oh, about three days ago now. Has to be said on X. We don't call it Twitter anymore, sure we don't. Flicking through my favourite science sites, looking for things to tell you about, and I came across this, and I couldn't resist telling you all about this one. Now, it's not very scientific, you might say, but there is a bit of science in it. Uh, so it's sort of slightly outside my expertise. It's more about psychology, which is always a tricky area to be in. But here it is. Are you ready? It's the science of going to Mars. Now, what I mean by going to Mars is what sort of personality traits do you need to put into the spaceship to send people to Mars? You need to have a certain personality traits to survive this long journey. Now, of course, getting to Mars, first of all, it's the nature of the spacecraft and all the research and all the engineering and all the technology has been invested in trying to work on that part of it. It's a long way to Mars. And how do you make sure you can get there, first of all, just using engineering? But equally important has been efforts to discuss the concept of who do you send to Mars? What sort of people do you need to get there? And how do you survive with each other on this long, long journey? And then when you're there on a Martian base, what sort of people do you need to select to make sure that this place, you know, thrives, I suppose, and doesn't end up with everybody sitting and very angry and potentially sort of murdering each other, I suppose. Now, there have been precedents for this, so they do a lot of psychometric profiling. It's called, actually, when you profile people, if you send them to Antarctica, because they're locked up there for months on end in the pitch dark, and you need to have certain types of personalities, I guess. A second one I came across was long submarine journeys, and as you may know, there's all these deterrent nuclear submarines that are going around the world. You need to have certain personalities on those submarines as well. So there has been efforts before and trying to psychologically profile people to make sure they, they get on together, I guess. A bit of a history of it. But now, this one, they're really working hard on this because we're getting closer as the years go by to eventually sending human beings to Mars and maybe setting up a Martian colony. And there could be all kinds of reasons to do that, which, which we won't go into now. But this mission would take three years. So if you were to leave now, you'd be gone away for three years, right? And then you'd return in that period. Secondly, you're going to be in a, a very confined space. And they reckon the overall size of the spacecraft that will go there is about the size of a camper van, an average camper van. So imagine being stuck in a camper van for three years with people. How would you survive? How would you cope with that? And what sort of things do you need to have in place? It can be a very stressful situation to be at close quarters with other human beings. We like being together. We're a social species, of course we are. But anybody who remembers Christmas will remember by day three, you can't wait to get out, can you? from your family or whatever. So in other words, being cooped up in the one environment can be very stressful. And even more importantly, it's going to be dangerous. Uh, there's risks associated with this mission. You're going to be isolated, aren't you? You'd be with the people, of course, in the spacecraft. But you're isolated from your friends and your family and all the rest of it. And that can cause huge stressors as well. So it's a really serious, important thing to consider. The right kind of traits you might need to, to, to make this work, I guess. And then the other thing is, um, when you get to Mars, there's a 13 minute lag time in communication. Imagine that phone call home. You know when you phone America sometimes, there's like delay on the line. There used to be even more before the digital world, of course. There's a 30 minute lag here, so communicating with people on Earth is gonna be tricky and difficult as well. And that may not provide you with the kind of, of relief you might need. So the big question these scientists asked, can we simulate this trip to Mars in a sort of computer situation and then figure out the kinds of people who would get on well together if they go on this long journey. And the chief scientist, Anna Maria Berea is her name. She's actually quite renowned 
for doing modeling of human situations and then coming up with conclusions about human behavior. She said she made this like a big video game, really. And into the video game, she put in, it's a very elaborate study, because I read a fair bit of it, people with different personality types, first of all, different skill sets was put into this computer simulation as well. And at the end of all this analysis, she came out with two very important conclusions. Now, the first one is, how many people would you need to set up a colony anyway? In other words, imagine if we send up two or three spacecraft and how many people should be put on Mars. And they originally thought it would be hundreds of people would be needed, given all the different skills that you might need. It turns out, no, it's tens of people. Now, she didn't give an exact number, but she said 10 to 50 people would suffice to go to Mars to build the colony and make it survive, as it were, and make it viable, right? And that was a slightly less number than they thought of originally, actually. So maybe the first thing we'll do is then send up 50 people. And then the question then, the second part of the study, of course, is what kind of people would you want to send up there? Now, in this part of the study, she had four personality types overall. Now, this is obviously very complicated because we've all got different personality types. Uh, you can do your own tests online now to figure out what personality you are. And it's quite a complicated thing. And of course, some of these psychological studies get questioned for accuracy and all this kind of thing. But she put in four types, agreeable people, social people, reactive people, and people that she dubbed neurotic. Now, what are the traits of each of these people? Well, agreeable people obviously get along with other people. They're less inclined to be intensely competitive. They're less inclined to be causing aggro for various kinds, and the word agreeable speaks for itself. The second trait was being sociable, social skills. And that might be thought of as important, right? You want to be sociable if you're going to be with your fellow human beings. But of course, the trouble is some people can be too sociable and never shut up. For example, so over-social activity can't be great either. Reactives, now that seems like a negative, but it's not, because reactive people, by definition, they can react quickly to an emergency. They've often got great technical skills, you know. So they're ones that could be important as well. And now the last category, neurotic people, that's kind of defined as people who get uptight, you might say, about situations. And they worry a lot, you know. And that was the fourth personality type. Now remember, it's a mix of personalities you might need anyway. The second thing that she said that I thought was really interesting was, you're up there for quite a while, your personality might change a little bit as you go along. So even though you might pick people who've got certain traits, there's no guarantee they're gonna stay in the same personality type. So that was one issue that she kind of discusses. But those are the four types she put in and then on her team. And then she wondered in their modeling, very elaborate different scenarios, which personality types would be best. Now, NASA had been studying this before, because obviously NASA are one of the space agencies that are gonna be involved in this. And what they noticed in their modeling study was there's always a honeymoon period. So the first few weeks, everybody gets on great. You know, it doesn't matter what your personality type is. I guess it's part of the excitement of traveling and so on. But then the traits begin to emerge. And in their efforts to study this, and they've even si they've done these simulations with humans, by the way, who they put into a real life situation, pretending they're in a spacecraft, I guess. What emerges early on after the honeymoon is depression can kick in and some people get very low and that can persist. The second thing is rudeness, they call it. So people begin to get irritable with each other, you know, and that's a key feature as well. And what the simulations showed and the NASA study showed as well, the way to sort of delay those traits or certainly limit them is to get the people to form bonds, social bonds together. Now that's easier said than done. Shared meals are very important. That creates a bonding event. Uh, although don't 
forget the movie Alien when something nasty happened during a meal, as you may know, which on hurt. Uh, but meals are extremely important. Secondly, recreation activities that involve people doing things together. And that can be board games. It can be games on a computer, of course. Would you believe that karaoke is one of the things which they all do together? Sounds a bit silly at one level, but, but still doing things together recreationally, that can help obviate these sorts of negative things, I suppose, and delay the onset of some of these, uh, some of these more negative traits. So even though you have these personalities, they're coming up with ways to try and sort of limit them, I guess, in this very enclosed setting. Now, what they also found was diversity is very important in this situation. If we're all the same, let's say we're all neurotic, that's going to be very bad, right? And in particular, life experience was found to be key. If you have people with different backgrounds, different experiences in their lives, that predicts a better environment. I think it's partly because you're more interesting to each other. You can tell each other stories about your lives. And if you've all lived the same life, there aren't too many stories, I suppose. In other words, ethnicity, having diversity there was shown to be important. And again, that must be to do with different backgrounds, different upbringings, different uh, sort of pressures during your life, I suppose. And again, diversity there was very, very important. What I also found fascinating was if, if everybody's sociable, that was a disaster. Too much talking. So, a bunch of Irish people all talking. What well, may not be great. Not just the Irish, let's not just pick on them. But too much sociability was seen as a very bad thing as well. They, they also noticed that, that if they're just highly competent people, part of the reactive group, that wasn't great either. So if everybody's too competent, then we're all in competition to prove our competency with each other, and then we mightn't get on either in that situation. So now you can see where I'm going with this, it's very complicated. And I must say, I find this fascinating. Like, what's the best way to live your life, even on Earth? This is the kind of the question, you know? And a mix of people from different backgrounds, different experiences, socializing together, having meals together is very good for our mental health as communities. And this is what this study sort of, sort of concludes, I suppose. Um, and we kind of know this in our own lives, don't we? And, and the bottom line in the end was, get this, and I love this as a heading, uh, leave the jerks at home. That was what they concluded. And again, I'm thinking, how much money did this study cost? Because it's pretty obvious, isn't it? You know, you don't want people who are jerks on these trips. How do you judge who a jerk is, I suppose, is the next question. But still, leave the jerks at home. Try and have as many agreeable people as possible. Again, no surprise there. But you do need diversity is the key. Now, can you imagine when they begin to select these people for this long mission to Mars, how they're going to decide on the different traits. That's going to be a bit difficult to do. But they're going to be really careful on this one because you don't want to have it some kind of disaster. And you certainly don't want people causing problems on the Marsh, Martian base or indeed on the way to Mars. So again, it's a very active area to try and come up with ways to select people to get along with each other in a camper van sized vehicle for three years. Can you imagine? And it's going to land on Mars. That'll be the base, by the way, initially. You'd be still stuck in the same structure, you know. And of course, you can probably go for a stroll occasionally to relieve some of the tension. Now, I don't know whether I'd be up for this. I think I would. I'd love to go. I may get excluded, though, by the way because maybe I'm a bit too reactive or neurotic. But still, if I was given the chance, I would definitely go on a three-year mission to Mars and back. And I can only hope that if the time comes and I apply for it, they won't exclude me for being a jerk. But then again, you never know. So there you have it. The science of a trip to Mars based on the personality profiles of people who might make that trip. And thanks very much for listening. And of course, my podcast is available every Thursday for download. And it's a News Talk production. And thanks very much as ever for listening.